Welcome to your Active Tech Brief podcast. My name is Julia Tar, your technology reporter. This week we'll look at the future of the European Parliament's already disbanded Committee of Inquiry, which was investigating the use of Pegasus and other spyware, with Sophie Intveld, the Dutch member of the Parliament who has been spreadheading the work of the investigation. For an overview on all things technology in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website euroactive.com. This is Euroactive's Tech Brief podcast. So at the end of November, a resolution on Pegasus was adopted during a plenary session. I heard at the time that it is unlikely a new committee will form, but MAPs may hope for the issue to continue being raised during the Parliament's Civil Liberties Committee hearings. What did that resolution entail and what are your hopes for it? Well, the resolution was very short, uh, in essence, just saying to the European Commission, um, we want you to act and we remind you of your obligation to act. Uh, because the European Commission basically hasn't done anything, nothing, while, uh, uh, I mean, we had the 15-month inquiry committee uh, with extensive well, findings as well as recommendations. Uh, we see that there is, um, uh, in several countries, spyware is being abused or has been abused for political purposes to spy on journalists, opponents, uh, but even uh on um let's say members of the government party in order to to kind of you know keep them under control uh we also see and this is the second problem that there is fairly large scale uh, exports of spyware from the european union to countries which are not democracies and where spyware is being used for repressive purposes and this is explicitly banned under EU legislation under the so-called dual-use regulation that you you cannot export this kind of surveillance software uh, or technology, and uh, so that is in breach of EU law. And yet the European Commission doesn't fail; it refuses. It flatly refuses to enforce EU law. So um, the Commission was also obliged to respond to these recommendations, which we adopted in June. And then we got, uh, what was it, late October, I believe, or in November, we got a very short answer basically saying uh, no. Uh, and that is why we adopted the resolution. Um, uh, and we will indeed, we will not set up a new inquiry committee because, I mean, there's no point between now and the uh, and the end of term. Uh, but we have agreed that we will continue to provide a, a platform for... Um, for exchanges, for gathering information, uh, and so on. Um, and that is necessary because there have been, ever since we adopted our resolution in June, uh, there have been a lot of developments. For example, uh, one of the most active companies in Europe called Intellexa, which is based in, is headquartered in Ireland, where it gets favorable tax treatment. It's uh, very active in, in Greece. It's, you know, it plays a, a very prominent role in the in the Greek scandal, um, and that company is blacklisted by the United States as it's considered to be a threat to national security uh, of the United States. Well, that's a bit strange. It's it's a threat to national security in the U.S. and yet it gets this very um, um, privileged treatment in in the EU. So that was one. There were several other um, revelations. Um, including 
uh, that a, a Russian journalist who's, who's, let's say, very critical of the Kremlin and therefore had to leave the country already 10 years ago. She's been living in Europe. And it was found that she has been spied upon with Pegasus, the Israeli software, uh, while she was staying in Germany. It is most likely that she has been spied upon by the, the Latvian authorities because she's living in Latvia. Um, but none of that was ever was ever investigated. Um, then uh, in Greece, there have been many developments. Uh, uh, one important one was that um, a list was published of 92 targets, let's say, uh, Persons who've been targeted, or telephone numbers who've been targeted, and it was, and this was discovered by the, by the authorities, by the oversight bodies, and uh, it turned out that eleven of those numbers had been, or those targets, um, had been infected through the telephone number of the nephew of the prime minister, the nephew who had also been his, uh, let's say, his head of cabinet. So very close to Mitsutaiki. So this is just a selection. I mean, there have been, been many, many, many other developments as well. And yet the commission chooses to let this happen, which I think is a very ser serious failure to act. You will run for another term in the European Parliament with the Belgian vote party. Are you planning on keep pursuing the topic of spyware in case you get elected? And what will happen if you don't? Will someone take over? I can't. Th to your last question, I, I very much hope so. Uh, <laughs> if I'm re-elected, yes, I will definitely pursue the issue because for me it is it is very obvious, and this was also the conclusion of the European Parliament. It is not just my private opinion uh, that this abuse of spyware uh, within Europe is a very serious threat to democracy, and um, uh, the exports of spyware to repressive uh, or oppressive regimes is a very serious breach of EU law. It's completely a violation of our values. I mean, it makes it, it you know, we lose all credibility. If on the one hand, we say uh, we are this, you know, the, the, the moral beacon of the world, the human rights, etc., and then we we don't lift a finger when when this very, you know, when this mercenary spyware is is being sold to dictators in order to oppress its i mean to give you an idea we all remember the murder uh, of jamal khashoggi the uh, the saudi journalist who was working for the um for the washington post he was murdered in um uh, in an embassy the saudi embassy in turkey uh his body was cut up in pieces i mean it was all quite horrifying and he and his wife had been, or his fiance had been spied on by um, uh, uh, with spyware. I mean, that is what the stuff is used for, and this is being sold from Europe. I find that quite shocking. So yes, it should be pursued. And the third issue, and maybe this is even the biggest in a way, is the fact that we have these laws which make all this activity illegal, and yet the European Commission doesn't act at all. And then it becomes very difficult. You know, if if the Commission is the only institution that has the right to act but it simply refuses then as citizens we are we are left without any remedy and and speaking of remedy i mean of all the the hundreds i mean maybe up to a thousand people who have been targeted in europe alone in not a single case has justice been done not a single case so all the blah blah of the commission that people can go to court is you know, is 
it's just nonsense. People have no legal remedy. Uh, and the commission is the custo custodian or the guardian of the treaties. And the commission should enforce the law. And the commission just flatly refuses. And we are in a situation where, um, uh, you know, where, where, where th there's complete lawlessness, complete impunity. And I find that very serious that the commission uh, has the discretion to choose whether or not the law is upheld. And yes, that should be pursued, whether it's by me or by somebody else. And I very much hope that the next European Parliament is uh, will have the backbone to do this, because I also noticed that the European Parliament is being extremely uh, uh, tolerant to this failure to act, not just in this case, but many cases of the European Commission. I mean, for me, this would be a reason to, uh, you know, to, to put a motion of censure on the table. I mean, can you... Can you imagine this happening anywhere? You know, any any government anywhere in the country saying, "Well, we're actually not going to uphold the law because we don't feel like it." I mean, I think any other parliament would say, "Well, <laughs> dear friends, in that case, we 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 no longer have confidence in you. We withdraw confidence." That would be the normal the normal reaction by a parliament. You criticize the Commission for not taking enough action against the misuse of spyware and them saying that it is up to the member states to prevent such misuse or to enforce the law to do so. What steps would you like to see them take in the future? The Commission always hides behind this argument saying uh, it is up to the, to the, to the member states to uh, apply the law. Well, but <laughs> or what they mean is the governments, but the governments are the perpetrators. So how can the commission say we expect the governments to uphold the law? It's like it's like saying to uh, you know you you catch a thief and then you say well but you have to uphold the law. Well <laughs> the governments are not going to do that because they consider uh, as a matter of fact they have uh, uh you know in parallel to all this there are negotiations going on uh, about the European Media Freedom Act and in those negotiations, the, the national governments very explicitly are seeking to legalize the use of spyware on journalists. So they have absolutely no intention to limit themselves. Um, and I fear that you know the European Parliament is too soft here. You know the European Parliament should 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 really uh, pull the emergency brake. Uh, on the one hand, force the European Commission to enforce the law, and on the other stop this media freedom act or in any case this uh, this clause which will allow for uh, for spying i mean parliament is too soft um they're, they're trying to negotiate with the council whereas they should just say this is an absolute red line this is a no-no we're not going to accept it and to come back to this enforcement i mean the european commission uh, in many other policy areas as well uses the same arguments basically uh, saying that uh, enforcement by the European Commission means exclusively that they remind the member states that they have to transpose and apply European law. And they always say, yeah, we, we don't intervene in individual cases or concrete cases. But there's absolutely no basis for that interpretation in the treaties. It just says that the Commission is responsible for the full application of EU law. It doesn't say that uh, it's only responsible for the part, you know, reminding the member states that they have to transpose the European law. The treaties don't say that. Uh, and as I said, the European Parliament 
should be the body reminding the European Commission, forcing the European Commission to take its its responsibilities and do its duty. But the European Parliament is uh, is too timid, too timid. And so I hope that the next European Parliament will show a bit more teeth. Uh, I also think that if if citizens want the European Parliament to show more teeth, if European citizens want the European Commission to do its its you know to to fulfill its treaty obligations then this is something that they should indicate very clearly in the ballot station 6 months from now what do you think about the safeguards on spyware introduced in the european media freedom act there no there are no safeguards all the safeguards are are uh they're very uh superficial and 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 not working in reality you know like as I said, they're always saying, well, there's legal remedy. But the point is, I mean, there isn't a single case where legal remedy was real. Not a single case. Because in the vast majority of cases, the people who have been targeted are unable to bring their case to court because uh, because they don't have any proof. And the courts say, well, you know, in order for your case to be admitted, uh, we, we will need some evidence. You will have to prove that you've been, uh, not just that you've been spied upon, but that you've been spied upon by... The government. Well, how are you going to prove that if you rely on that same government to get evidence? So most of the cases cannot even be brought to court. And in those cases where they have been brought to court, uh, uh, you know, the government will just argue, oh, but this is national security. Uh, uh, the, 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 the people who have been targeted do not get access to their files. So it's just, it's close to impossible um, and I also know I have, this is not a case of spyware, but I have challenged a surveillance law in court of one of the member states. Uh, and of course, the, 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 the national court said, well, uh, they ruled against me or they, they didn't, they didn't uh, agree with me, so I, as we expected. Uh, so then we took it to the, um, the court in Strasbourg, the human rights courts, and it's been sitting there literally this month, five years. And I have no reply. When I took it to court, that was in May 2016. So that's seven and a half years ago. So maybe one day I will get a, a ruling which is in my favor, or, may, you know, or maybe it will be against me. But what's, what's the point? With so much time that has passed, it's, it's completely irrelevant. I mean, the fact that there is no ruling in itself demonstrates what I wanted to demonstrate, namely that there is no proper legal remedy. So they can write all this into into the law, but then it's pointless. It's basically a blank check for governments to spy on journalists. And I will not vote for that. Some anticipate that the regulation on spyware will be among next year's commission files. Back in April, when I talked to MAP Diana Riba in connection to the Pegasus spyware being banned in Catalonia, she told me that she believes there is not enough majority for an EU-wide ban to happen. What do you think about this now? Uh, no, I don't think there will be a, a majority for a ban. I also, I also don't think it's very useful because, you know, you can you can ban a specific technology, but then some some other technology will come in its place. I mean, because if you ban it, then you have to be very specific about the technology that you ban, uh, and then they'll come up with something new. So I don't think that that is the point. What we have to focus on is if such technologies exist, whatever technology it is, because legislation has to be as much as possible technology neutral, uh, then you have to define 
uh, under what conditions it can and cannot be used. That is what is important. Um, and at the moment, the, the big problem or one of the biggest problems is that it can be used for national security, but there's no legal definition of national security. So that means every government will get to define in what circumstances it can use uh, it can use spyware. And, and that means a kind of, um, you know, that is a blank check, basically. Blank check to use spyware. And uh, uh, I think it will be an absolute disaster if, if the, the Media Freedom Act in its current wording will be adopted. So I think that's, that's the end of my, the list of my questions. But if you feel like I didn't ask something and you would like to add, then please do so. All I can say is that I hope people are going to, to grow aware of what is happening. Because what I'm very worried about is the impunity and the signal it sends to, uh, to governments and to the spyware companies. I mean, governments now really, from the European Commission, they got the message, you can do whatever you like. You spy on your citizens because there are no consequences. You can export spyware because there are no consequences. So basically, the European Union has become uh, an area of lawlessness, of impunity. Uh, and it, it's not, many people think that the, the abuse of spyware is a matter of uh, um, violating individual rights to privacy and individual rights to, to, to data protection, what have you. But that's not even the biggest problem. The biggest problem is the threat to our democracy. What if you know, journalists cannot expose uh, wrongdoing anymore? And we are in a situation where journalists are less and less free. We have seen in France how a journalist was arrested because she was, uh, she was writing about you know, activity of the secret services. Um, we see slaps in, in Greece. We have seen how uh, uh, journalists who have been writing about the abuse of spyware they are facing massive, massive slaps. They're also facing now in Greece harassment by, by the authorities. All of a sudden, the authorities, I think it was yesterday or day before yesterday, they came up with a, a kind of a claim that um, uh, uh, one of the media had been uh, not paying its taxes and it now gets a fine of half a million euros or something like this, which is ridiculous. So you see that the government... They feel all-powerful. They feel they can do this. So we can talk as long as we like about uh, media freedom and safety for journalists. But as long as the European Commission lets governments get away with this, you know, they will feel more and more powerful and more and more free to harass and oppress journalists. And it will happen here in our free European Union. People need to realize this. This is a massive threat to democracy. And if people care about good governance, if they care about fighting corruption, if they care about, you know, governments being held to account, and I think people do care, then they have to be very, very aware of this whole spyware issue. Of course, governments like to, and the commission, they like to be silent about it and, and hope that it will just go away, but it shouldn't. And that's why I'm determined to keep it on the agenda, no matter what. You know, whether the governments are considered to be a democratic government or a dictatorship, the abuse of spyware is the same. It's for the same purpose. And in some countries, okay, you know, in, 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 in Hungary, you'll probably today, 
you will not end up in jail and being tortured or killed for your opinions. But the abuse of spyware by the Hungarian government, the Greek government, the Polish government, whatever government, or the Saudi government, is for the same purpose. We should realize that. It's fundamentally anti-democratic. It's no different if it's being used by a dictatorship or by a so-called democratic government. It's identical. The purpose is identical. This is what we have to realize. That is all we got time for this week. Thank you very much to Sophie for taking the time to join me for this episode. Don't forget to sign up to our free Tech Brief newsletter to stay on top of tech news and digital policy developments in the EU and beyond. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. This episode was produced with the technical help of Evi Kiori. I am Julia Tarr. Thank you for listening. <laughs>